Hey, welcome to episode 171 of the Brigadier's Beer Comics and the Sorted Geekery Podcast. I'm Jeff, and I'll be joined very soon by Andrew once I find him, once I've left. But um, yeah, we've got a really special podcast this week where we are going to be together and we're going to be not doing that thing with the different screens. We're going to be in a pub. We've been invited to a tasting of a new lager from Spay Valley Brewery based in Keith, but for tonight they're going to be um, doing a launch of their new lager in Edinburgh's Froth and Flame. So I'm going to go there just now, I'm going to go meet Andrew, we're going to have a couple of drinks, we're going to review the beer in person, hopefully we're going to get to chat to different people if that's available and just have a really good night. Try different beers, talk, chat comics, chat geekery stuff as normal, but just in a different environment, very much like anybody that's watched some of our later podcasts, earlier podcasts, not later podcasts, how can you watch any, if you watch some of our earlier podcasts, it's stuff that me and Colin used to do right at the beginning, almost four years ago, and we found out that next week is going to be our fourth anniversary episode, which I didn't realise, we've been doing this for four years, but obviously COVID changed up the way we did things, and we had to do the thing in boxes where everyone was in their own individual webcams, we're trying our best to come away from that as much as we can, because it was more fun this way, hopefully that's reflected in how good this week's podcast is, um, so yeah, Bring on the beer. So yeah, we're at the Frothing Flame. I'm joined by David from Speyside. Speyside, Broughton and Alchemy Breweries. So we're a small group of three breweries. Excellent. So uh, what are those three breweries? Because they're, they're all favourites. <laughs> yeah, so um, we amalgamated as an organisation just under a year ago. And um, we still run the three breweries very, very autonomously. Uh, each has their own head brewer, each has their own distinctive style. Um, and then as a commercial organisation, we look to um, make, consolidate, you know, leverage our uh, assets um, in different ways behind the scenes. So it's all very much individual breweries. and. Broughton is uh, founded in 1979, uh, relatively traditional brewer, um, first uh, independent craft brewery in Scotland. Uh, the time it was founded has got a lovely backstory, probably another Broughton backstory uh, better than the others, but um, at the time when it opened there was lots of uh, closures going on within the brewing world, particularly worldwide across Scotland. And Broughton opened in 1979, which, if you're a music fan, is just at the kind of tail end of the punk movement. And uh, although the, the, the younger family who opened it are quite, um, you, you wouldn't describe them as, as street punks, <laughs> but they were actually sort of punks in their own way because they reversed the train, they did something that was against the grain, pardon the pun, and uh, they opened a brewery at a time when lots of others were, were closing. So that's first brewery in a gripper. Second one is Spey Valley, which is uh, based up in uh, Speyside, and it's got a lovely story. It was uh, David, who's one of my colleagues, who uh, founded it uh, just 10 years ago, and um, at the time that uh, he founded it, we were very much pushing on um, the, the whole space-side opportunity and uh, the way that we, the way I describe it to people is that um, 
um, you know, you try the whiskey from space side, now's your chance to try a beer from space side. So whiskey's a bit of a, a snowplow. Um, so that's the, uh, the Spade Valley Brewery and um, it's style of beer. Um, there's some fun beers, uh, Space Cadet, which is an IPA, but we've also got a number of really, really nice uh, barrel-aged um, beers. And what we do with them is that we put the coordinates of the, um, the distillery that the cask came from on the bottle. Um, so it gives quite a unique angle, quite a unique selling story. Um, took me a while to figure it out because latitudes and longitudes <laughs> are, are, are not my, my, uh, my forty. And um, we then have an alchemy brewery which is in Livingston and uh, that was uh, founded in 2013 and um, established a really nice reputation in Edinburgh. Uh, and uh, Central Bell and uh, brewing uh, slightly different, slightly edgy uh, cask beers and um, in the last uh, few months we are doing a little bit with collaboration so we've got this beer here which is a collaboration Cheers everybody! Which is a collaboration with uh, Simple Things Fermentation and uh, they're a Glasgow based brewery and there was a kind of home and, a, home and away leg to the collaboration and um, we uh, brewed this one as a 70 shilling sort of bottom end of a Scottish heavy style beer uh, 3.7% got a wee bit of coriander in it, I don't know if you know There's a lot going on there. So it's, you definitely smell it. Right? Uh -huh. yeah. So, so Anne could probably tell you a bit more, so probably Dan, um, but the customer reaction to this has just been brilliant. It's been brilliant. This is our second collaboration this year. First collaboration we did with Uto Garam, it was a nice, nice rum cast mm -hmm. uh, aged dark ale um, and then as David said the seventh shilling with simple fermentation and again today with just limited editions with 30 casts first time with the Matuga Rum DMC and 40 with the simple fermentation and we sold out in two days. It's just that appetite for something that we be different and that people have not seen before and just a limited edition seems to really trend at the moment that if you know they know that it's only going to be well, I certainly didn't realise those collaborations were going on and we talk about it quite a lot. Our our local um is where we probably get the most exposure to craft beer. Yes. Um, commercial in the firm, and we will, we will, we will um, certainly have um, charisma, but alchemy is a personal favourite. Um, obviously, lots of spaces we read this as well. And just the idea that um, space like, space like, I've a brewery I've got a lot of time for. So we're alchemy, so the idea that like, they brew is a lot of are working together is, is, as a consumer is really, really exciting. And there's quite a lot of um, interesting opportunities that um, we, we are looking at in the next few months. So you're probably aware of the uh, UCI Bike Festival, which is going to be in Scotland in, in I think it's August, and uh, we're going to do a special beer for that uh, because it's, there's a lot of stuff going to be around blind dress. Yeah. So we've got a beer lined up called On Your Bike. Um, originally named, <laughs> and um, we also have um, a couple of other uh, in 
interesting things. We've got one which is a Guava and Blood Orange IPA. Yeah, we and see and um, we, we can try that. Also, the uh, bottles of that. Um, and I, I think we're going to call that Guava Lava Ding Dong. But we're still working on the title for it. I think that's the nice thing about having the three different brands. You can do such different beers and have different styles, like the Guava Lava. Guava Lava Ding Dong. Guava Lava Ding Dong. The Rocky MCs, etc. Fit with a nice looking brand. Whereas the more Just a chance for them to come along, try some of their different beers. Very, very informal. Um, and uh, we're going to repeat this. So, what have we got coming up in the sort of short term? We have got more collaboration brews. Uh, we're going to be uh, giving a fair space cadet a big push around the fringe. Um, there's a lot of space cadets in Edinburgh Fringe. <laughs> so, um, we're going to bring a, we're going to have a few more. Um, 
We've got our new Speyside Lager, which uh, we kind of softly launched a few months ago, and we've just started to put that into one or two pubs. We've got some export orders for it as well. It's going to Italy in a couple of weeks. And um, behind the scenes, uh, we've been working on the gin, which is uh, nice. Um, Hans probably to tell you more about the gin than I could, because I'm not an expert in that area. And we've got one or two other sort of new and different ideas. And um, you know, we just want to uh, keep pushing. Um, one of the nice things about the way our brewery works now is that Brooklyn was very strong on bottled beers and cask beers, and the other alchemy was reasonably strong in cask, bit of keg, and some uh, sort of smaller bottles. And the Spey Valley Brewery was mostly keg and small bottles. So there's virtually no crossover between what we do. So. The, some of the kegs that have been brewed at Spey Valley, we've been able to introduce those to what were cast customers, and some of the keg customers have been able to introduce cast food. So that's been really nice, and everybody's been pretty positive about it so far. It's pretty cool that, it, 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 from what you guys are saying, there's sort of a proper like, collaboration as well, like, yeah. like, like, equal partnership, and sharing yeah. like, like, resources. And and how is this going to work? Are we going to essentially be trying to sell the same thing and then just a couple of months in? Yeah. 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 Actually, three completely different brands, three completely different identities, and they've purchased that together. Really, really well. It's been, it's been good. It's like a true vision, isn't it? It's like, you all want the same thing, regardless of identity. It's all the same. It's almost really important. Sure vision, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is... It's always really important. No, we're actually doing it about fire, man. <laughs> The vision yeah, exactly. is about here. The vision. And you know, what, one of the things I like is, um, on a personal level, that I've done a little bit of research on the history of brewing in Scotland. And um, if you went back 100 years ago, I think there was about 40 breweries in Edinburgh alone, and there was about 100 in Scotland, and then it, it sort of died down, and um, now. You know, you've got a resurgence. It's very challenging at the moment, commercially, with the economy. But you're back to having um, lots and lots of different breweries. And you know, the, one of the big things for me is that you might not like a particular beer or a particular brewery, but there is now a beer for you know whatever your your particular style is. And I think that's great. You know, not only just drinking sort of fizzy. Liquids, it's a light golden colour that's get you know an American or a Spanish or a French joke surrounding it. So, you know, it's real authentic and rude. So, um, I think that's really good to see. It's, it's an important part of the economy as well. Um, you know, because breweries are you know relatively high value. You know, when you set up a brewery, you need to, you know join us plumbers, fitters, electricians. So, there's a lot of uh, good things that go into the economy. So, you know what. As an organisation, we're never afraid to sort of, you know, um, you know, put the message out, you know, to, to um, politicians and such like the importance of brewing, the importance of creating conditions that help them, that we choice and you know help organisations like us to be successful and grow. 
But certainly, like, it's not politicians particularly. That's something that we've noticed. We've got a couple of our listeners, Neil um, Bailey, who's a, a, one of our good friends, actually. He's also um, he's a Kim Summer up in Aberdeenshire. That's something he's always talking about. He's like, really passionate about. He's, like, he's, he's from a corner of the world, right now. so he's not too far away from the Spitzay Valley and, and, and the whiskey trade. So he's, he understands the importance that these things have to our, our identity, to our economy, to our culture. You know, so. it, it would be wonderful in 25 years if we had um, you know, a, a beer trail the way that you have the, the whiskey trail. There's a little bit of it, but you know, it's a bit, it's got a long way to go. It's a great, it's a great marketing opportunity. Let's work on that, guys. That sounds good. <laughs> right. uh, yeah, we'll, we'll leave you there. So they're they're yeah. busy here. It's, it's only speaking to you. Yeah, no, okay, thank you. I'm going to be here all night if I could, but I Thank you. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Thank you. Uh, thanks, Jeff. Thank you, myself. Um, my comic review this week. We often in the Brugaders get asked to review up and coming stuff, and um, we often do it because it's free comics. But also, it means we get to check out what's happening in and about sort of the indie comic realm, which is oftentimes more exciting than the big sort of major comic creating publishers such as Marvel and DC and then even Image and stuff so like I like to just see what's going on about if you want to send me stuff to review I will if you want to send me stuff to read um, that's even better um, but I'm looking at a uh, Punk Droid Volume 1 which uh, launched on Kickstarter today I will make sure the review is in the comments somewhere um, but you need to check it out it's from Unpopular Comics and Christian Douglas um, a friend of the podcast has asked us to have a look at this so uh, the anthology series that has been put together arises um, from like reflecting on the current power of technology, automation, social networking and virtual reality and discuss like to what extent do we have control over these, um, what the extent do massive corporations have um, and what are their interests regarding using these technologies for their benefit. Um, asks questions such as, you know, are we consumers all products are guinea pigs, are we a database, are we beneficiaries, or are we just affected parties? Um, is asking questions like to what extent do we live in slave without knowing? You know, sort of proper matrix stuff. Um, or as Huxley anticipated in, in Brave New World. Uh, we're looking at the, it's uh, an anthologist question, such things as the ethics of artificial intelligence, the consciousness of being, uh, what, what are the lives of AI going to be like? You know, we, we talk about AI quite a lot on the podcast, actually, and in particular around about AI art. But actually, as AI becomes more and more advanced, you know, what role does that have in society and what sort of moral issues are discussed and will be discussed in the coming years? Um, are there limits to that technology or is there limits to virtual reality technology? Where, where is this all going? Um, so they wanted to discuss these and other incredibly current issues in the stories within Volume 1. Um, and I was lucky enough to get three stories from this 100-page anthology. So I got to see about a quarter, just under a quarter, between a fifth and a quarter of the book. Um, and I'll be having a look at them and talking about them very, very quickly. first story that of the three that I read on there is um, a story called Partitioned, which I really, really enjoyed. It was about an, uh, a robotic android rabbit called... Alexander, are androids robotic? I don't know. It's about an android rabbit, right, called Alexander, who's been trying for years to find his um, owner, Eliza. And when he finds her, she's on this mysterious medical ship. 
and um, in one of those like glass tubes where like I don't know the, like the sci-fi ones like stasis water and shit right which should cool um, and uh, he's trying to pull her out of um, the ship's mainframe by um, interacting with her as if he was the rabbit from Alice in Wonderland and he's just trying to like convince her to leave Wonderland with him um, and yeah it just the pursuing crisis it's just really really interesting um, the AI on board the ship also has different thoughts and feelings on this so um, yeah it's just an exciting um, kind of really pacey you know it was about 10 pages long really pacey um, it told the story I wanted to tell I want more it reminded me of something I would have picked up in 2000 AD and I'm like oh I want it for next week and that's often the issue with these anthologies actually is you find something that you really latch onto and then you're like oh no where'd I go with this um, that was a really cool uh, that was a really cool piece of work it was um, written and write, written sort of writing an art from Mary Bellamy who is a graduate um, is a graduate illustrator um, from LA um, and has worked on uh, significant properties such as My Little Pony, done some work with Marvel, done some work with DC, done some work with Ghostbusters, Adventure Time and Rick and Morty. Um, and they have um, have been uh, the assistant animator on Acme Fireworks' Drew Carey Green Cash Show at Tit House Incorporated. Um, done illustrated thousands of artist cards for official sets and has been published in more than 250 books, some distributed internationally. So yeah, just really enjoyed <laughs> like. Uh, Mary, a uh, creator of Calibre, and this is shown in what's a really um, fun little story. The story I picked up was by independent comic writer Christian Douglas. It was called The Girl Who Wanted to Be Real, and he had art from Sergio Rios. So uh, this was an interesting story where um, a, uh, an engineer called Geppetto has put together um, He's put together an android, which which um, a female android. So it's supposed to be a spin on Pinocchio, the called Pinocchio, and he has built this android to try and bring about balance in an ongoing conflict between humans and androids that has ruined all society. So that this first sort of section of the story, I think, is going to be hopefully lean onto something a bit bigger, and I'll ask Christian about that later because um, I thought it was really interesting. Um, quite a lot of plot packed into quite a, a tight little story. It was only about five or six pages. Um, maybe we'd like to have seen a wee bit more sort of um, flashbacky stuff in this story, but actually it was really good. It set, um, set a very good, um, set a very good starting point and ended with a nice wee twist and a, a bit where we're going to see um, hopefully an ongoing story, which I will pick up if it comes out. So yeah, we're two for two on Anthologies that introduce new characters and new concepts. So this anthology is kicking ass as it sounds. It was called The Urge. So The Urge was a bit dark actually, a bit darker than I normally would read. Um, I didn't really know what was happening with it. Um, but again, written by Christian Douglas. So Christian Douglas wrote two of the three stories I read. Um, and actually totally two different two different stories. Um, this one was a much, much darker kind of story. We had a obviously Christian doing the writing, and we had Carlos Lopez on art. So it was a beautifully drawn piece of work. Um, very, again, kind of like um, 
reminded me of like a one-off 2000 AD. I need to start reading 2000 AD again. That's the takeaway from this, is I wanted to follow up these stories. This read more like one of the sort of terrifying tales that you would get in, or one of the one-shots that you would get in 2000 AD, but really good, about a guy who is dealing with a mental illness, is de dealing with some sort of addiction, um, it's like a need, an urge, obviously, and he has tried loads of different things, including therapy, to get rid of this urge. And this, as the story sort of progresses, we learn out what the we learn out what this kind of urge is, and how he goes around trying to get through that addiction, and in a in a way that he feels isn't hurting other people. But as this anthology is discussing, you know, if we're if we're looking at things like artificial intelligence, are we looking at like at what stage does artificial intelligence become just intelligence that um needs to be respected and needs to be um treated with the same amount of respect and and we um what do you think what's the word I'm looking for? Respect and in integrity that we would give all life. Um apologies that's not the right word. But yeah it's a really interesting story, really dark, one and done, um beautifully drawn. Um I think uh, that was the one thing I took away from this is Carlos Lopez definitely has got a future. So please check that out. Hi there folks, it's Colin, one of the original Brewgooders here, just stepping in this week to help out with doing some comic reviews. So let's have a little look at some of the books that I picked up at the comic shop this week. Uh, so first up is The Ambassadors. Um, this is written by Mark Miller, drawn uh, by Frank Quitely. So very much um, a Scottish theme here. Superpowers story. As you can see on the front cover, 8, mil 8 trillion people, 8 billion people, whatever, um, and only six can have superpowers. Um, so, a bit of a, an odd kind of story to start with, very different kind of from your usual kind of uh, superpower stories, um, but it does seem that there are some sort of uh, secret government experiments to give people superpowers. There is also a mysterious city um, hidden away. Um, in the Arctic. Um, so, not a lot given away in this first issue, but it certainly looks very good. Um, also picked up this week was The Nasty, which is John Lee's uh, latest horror uh, comic. What's this about? Well, basically there's a lad who has a, an imaginary friend who happens to be um, a slasher from a movie. Um, and it's also about video nasties. So back in the sort of 80s, there were a few notorious uh, films that were called video nasties, which were particularly, um, you know, horrific at the time. And they caused a bit of a sensation in the kind of press. Um, and were some of the, these... these uh, videos were banned uh, so this is a horror story based around that where um, a local video store gets a hold of um, a cassette of one of these video nasties um, but it might actually be coming true some of the story that's in there so anyway that's one to look out for but my big review this week is the return of a rogue trooper in 2000 AD so um, I'm not a regular reader of 2000 AD I just tend to pick it up now and again or pick up you know collected editions of stories rather than trying to follow a story week by week in this but I thought I'd pick this up because um, it has the return of a rogue trooper who is a long-running character um, who's been in the, in the 2000 AD for probably 40 plus years um, originally um, written by Jerry Finlay Day um, but uh, what's interesting here is we've got Patrick Goddard on art 
and Garth Ennis on the story. Um, as always, there are um, several stories um, in this uh, week's 2018. There are five stories. There's a Judge Dredd story, as there always is. Particularly good one, a little one-off story um, about these sorts of uh, memorials or shrines, the kind of thing that we might see at a roadside, you know, where there's been a victim of a crime or an accident, um, and Judge Dredd is going around um, destroying these because they're against the law. Um, of course, um, these things have been cropping up all over Mega City 1, not just on um, Judge Dredd's beat. So um, there's a wee bit of a debate between the judges about what they should be doing about this. Um, and it's a good wee story. It's a, it feels like a real classic uh, Dredd story. Also back in action is Durham Red. So this... Uh, Durham is, uh, again, a long-running character uh, originally from the Strontium Dog series. So she was a search-destroy agent uh, with mutant powers. Basically, she's a vampire, so she's um, a pretty nasty piece of work. Um, she's in prison currently, um, but she's going to get out because people need her for a special mission. So that, that was pretty good. Um, pretty enjoyed that one. The Order is a fairly um, long-running series for, for a while. Um, it's about kind of historical characters um, trying to save the Earth from um, mysterious beings. Um, I've not really gotten into this story at all. I've read one or two of it and I, I don't really get what's going on um, because I haven't really been in there from the start. Quite interesting looking artwork, quite painterly artwork. Um, and, you know, lots of action in there. But not really my thing at all. Uh, this is also a new story to me, uh, Enemy Earth. So basically a future Earth where um, nature has arisen up against humans. Um, so we've got plants and animals kind of attacking humans. Again, don't really know much about that story, but it looks quite interesting. You know, very nice, colourful um, artwork. Very reminiscent of Jamie Hewlett, I would have to say. Um, very much looks like his type of artwork, but it is um, an artist called Luke Horseman on that, with the uh, story by Kevin Scott. And that takes us to the last story in the prog, uh, Rogue Trooper Blighty Valley. As Blighty might suggest, it might have something to do um, with England and a past war. Um, so, uh, a welcome return to see uh, Rogue Trooper back. So, a genetic infantryman fighting on uh, the planet of New Earth sometime in the future, where the North and the South are at constant odds with each other. And uh, Rogue Trooper is this blue-skinned infantryman who is genetically modified to build a living, kind of the, the gaseous, uh, terrible kind of hellscape of New Earth. Um, and he's aided and abetted by his three um, electronic chums, um, his helmet, his gun and his backpack, um, who all used to be a genetic infantryman, but their uh, memory chips can be taken out on their death and plugged into other devices, um, with the idea that they could then be plugged into new bodies at some point in the future, but that's never really happened. Um, so in this story what's happening is basically there's this kind of black hole, kind of wormhole that is used for transportation between different places um, and it has reached a point very close to New Earth. So it cycles round um, and it's reached this point that it's very close to the planet of New Earth um, and that apparently brings um, unusual things. So strange things happen when that occurs. Um, and what is happening here is... Um, Rogue discovers um, some soldiers who look remarkably like um, 
German soldiers from perhaps World War Two. Um, and then, spoilers, sorry folks, but he also runs into some British infantrymen as well. Okay, so what is going on here? Is it a bit of time travel perhaps going on? Not entirely sure, but it certainly caught my attention. Hey, it's Garth Ennis that's writing this, so, you know, we expect it's probably going to be quite a good story. And he does like his um, war stories, so perhaps he's going to mash up a few kind of genres within that that uh, genre itself. Okay, so intriguing to see what's happening here, and I'll probably pick up the next few uh, progs of uh, 2008 just to follow this story in particular. Though uh, the Durham Red one was pretty good, um, and I'm intrigued to see what's going to happen there. Okay, thanks very much. Hope that's been enjoyable. It's been certainly enjoyable for us. I'm absolutely hammered. Uh, really, really amazing beer. Got to speak to folk from Alchemy. I've been calling them Alchemy for fucking months, right? Alchemy and Broughton and um, also obviously Speyside Brewery. Um, their lager was incredible. Um, they do a, 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 an IPA called Space Cadet, which was also great. I also got to try a wee bit of the heavy. Um, we'll hopefully be spending a lot more time with these three breweries and I hope you've enjoyed interviews. And um, we'll catch you next week. Next week we've got Alan from the Sentinel comic. Hopefully we'll have Ed as well. Um, but yeah, thanks for joining us. And um, speak to you soon.